Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Brothers and sisters in Christ, a reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Now let us attend for God's wisdom for us today. The question keeps coming up regarding meat that has been offered up to an idol. Should you attend meals where such meat is served or not? We sometimes tend to think that we know all we need to know to answer these types of questions. But sometimes our humble hearts can help us more than our proud minds. We never really know enough until we recognize that God alone knows it all. Some people say, quite rightly, that idols have no actual existence, that there's nothing to them, that there is no God other than our one God, that no matter how many of those so-called gods are named and worshipped, they still don't add up to anything but a tall story. They say, again, quite rightly, that there is only one God, the Father, that everything comes from Him, and that he wants us to live for him. Also, they say that there is only one master, Jesus, the Messiah, and that everything is for his sake, including us. Yes, it's true in strict logic, then. Nothing happened to the meat when it was offered up to an idol. It's just like any other meat. I know that, and you know that. But knowing isn't everything. If it becomes everything, some people end up as know-it-alls who treat others as know-nothings. Real knowledge isn't that insensitive. We need to be sensitive to the fact that we're not all at the same level of understanding in this. Some of you have spent your entire lives eating idle meat, and are sure that there's something bad in 
the meat that then becomes something bad inside of you. And imagination and conscience shape under those conditions isn't going to change overnight. But fortunately, God doesn't raid us on our diet. We're neither condemned when we clean our plate nor reprimanded when we just can't stomach it. But God does care when we use our freedom carelessly in a way that leads a fellow believer still vulnerable to those old associations to be thrown off track. For instance, say you flaunt your freedom by going to a banquet thrown in honor of idols, where the main course is meat sacrificed to idols. Isn't there a great danger if someone is still struggling over this issue, someone who looks up to you as knowledgeable and mature and sees you go into that banquet? The danger is he will become terribly confused, maybe even to the point of getting mixed up himself in what his conscience tells him is wrong. Christ gave up his life for that person. Wouldn't you at least be willing to give up going to dinner for him because, as you say, it doesn't really make any difference? But it does make a difference if you hurt your friend terribly, risking his eternal ruin. When you hurt your friend, you hurt Christ. A free meal here and there isn't worth it at the cost of even one of these weak ones. So never go to an idle-tainted meal if there's any chance it will trip up one of your brothers or sisters. This ends this reading of this holy word may it be good news to us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, come to you today in this way to affirm something. Often in my engagement with you, I will speak from a place of authority, especially when preaching, taking scripture, and trying to get a sense of where God's revelation is in that. Yet, in this moment, as I struggled with this text, I found it really challenging to speak with such authority. 
And so today I come to you much more humbly as a fellow believer who is also trying to make sense of this text in our context. I know that this is a challenging text to read and understand. In the course of reflecting on this text, I was reminded of when I was growing up. My father was a doctor, and so in my life, I had access to things like this. One of the times when it was kind of bring your son to your work, um, my father invited me to participate with him in, in his research on animals. And so I was invited to watch and help in a surgery with a dog. I remember putting on one of these masks for the first time. It's interesting when you look at it, it's just a piece of cloth. Yet, as my dad explained to me, it's more than that. It is a way of protecting yourself and protecting others around you from contaminating and hurting. It was a profound experience, one that lives with me today. This leads me to a question. Is this a thing that allows freedom or takes freedom away? It's not an easy question. Many believe that wearing one of these things is, in some sense, a commitment to a false disease, if you will that the government is out there to control you and manipulate you. Yet, for me, it's very different. See, I learned from those early experiences that this is something that is here to keep me safe and to help others be safe so that then I have the freedom to go into environments that may be dangerous, to help, to care. It's funny when you see it that way. Because it offers up a new view on what freedom really is. Too often, I think, in our modern mind, 
we attend to freedom, we think about freedom as a byproduct of our system of governance. Growing up as a child, I was taught that we lived in a free country, and that was because we had a capitalistic democracy, and that under this governance, we had things that were called rights. This is all very true. And there was another side of the world which was on some imaginary iron curtain where they did not have this thing called freedom, that they did not have this thing called right, or that they weren't recognized. It's really challenging in that moment to make sense of the world in that way. And that's how I think a lot of us come to understand our sense of freedom. Yet, the more I reflect on this piece of cloth that's here to protect me, more I come away realizing that freedom really isn't just merely a set of laws or a set of principles upon which we build a fair or just society. I want to argue freedom is a right relationship where we don't fear Recently, I've been thinking about a concept in child development called attachment theory. Attachment theory is this very simple concept that if a child has a good attachment to a parent, then they will grow to be a healthy individual. The belief about this revolves around a sense of safety. Let me give you an example of this. If you are walking with your kid one day in the park and you see a dog on a leash with, and the owner of the dog is walking the dog, Often the kid will ask, can I pet the dog, right? Because kids love dogs, right? Let's say the owner says yes. So here comes this dog running up to the child. Immediately what will happen is the child will get scared and will go back to the parent. That you as the parent say, it's okay, it's okay, you can pet the dog. 
And once the dog calms down, the child is able to engage that. The power of that story is to see that the child understands that there are things that make me safe. And as long as I am attached to those things, I can go and take risk into environments where I am free enough that I can take risk into environments that I may feel uncomfortable in. You know, it's fascinating when you start viewing the world in that way because it doesn't, it shapes your sense of freedom not to make these arguments that we are having about whether or not we should wear masks or not or whether someone's going to get canceled or not. Moreover, it helps us understand that to truly embrace the freedom that we have either from our government or from God, we have to understand that we must always balance that freedom with a sense of safety, which requires responsibility. Here's where Paul's lesson comes into play, I think. Paul is talking to a group of people who are struggling to make sense of whether eating meat that is given to a idol is a bad thing. Are they risking their souls? Paul rightly observes that because we don't believe in idols, then this meat is just meat. But then he does something. He challenges the reader to think, but there are not all people who are like us and who are as mature in faith as we are. We need to take into account their perception and ensure that they don't get pulled in the wrong direction. And then what he does is he does something. He says, let's not make it so that we, our actions can confuse others. But let's live authentically in the betterment of the community. Yeah, I know I'm not going to hell because I ate this meat. But not everyone does. And that may put a block between that person growing in faith. It's interesting here that when Paul is talking, Paul is saying, yes, you have this ability, you have this freedom, but you also have a responsibility to the body of Christ. Right at that moment, he pulls into the conversation Christ. And he says, you know, Christ died for that person. Can't you just give up a simple meal? 
as I look at this piece of cloth, I wonder how many lives can be saved if we wear it. Maybe it doesn't help. Maybe it does. I would argue the evidence is there. But even if it doesn't, shouldn't we be willing to sacrifice a little bit of our comfort? Maybe even a little bit of our freedom to ensure a, other people don't die. B, that people who are tasked with doing healing ministries, whether doctors, whether nurses, whether hospital people, are not overrun with people who are sick. You know, I don't know the answer to what you feel is right or wrong, or whether you feel this is an unfair um, infringement on your freedoms. But I come away, the more I sit with this text, the more sure that God wants me to live in a way that affirms the value of life and that that life is only valuable when I help others suffer less. And so I come away with this affirming deeply that I will wear this because I believe fundamentally that in helping protect another, we help build the body of Christ. And in building that, I have a confidence that we help Christ May it be so for us. Amen, amen, amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.